And now everybody's looking at the Nets without Katie and Kyrie. Like, maybe they did make the right decision. Maybe they do have something here. I know there's still some weirdo Nets fans that are talking about the offseason. I see all these twi- like tweets on Nets Twitter about, oh, in the offseason, who do you guys want? Maybe we should target this guy. I'm Joe Sy's got to go, Keith. He's got to get fired. <laughs> yeah, Sean Mark's coming back. Uh, I'm in this season, and I'm excited about what these guys could do the rest of this season. The Never Know Nets, we didn't know. When the second half started, they lost four in a row. We're like, I don't know, they might be cooked. But they fought. They figured it out. I'm not mad that Cam Thomas is on the bench because I root for the Nets. I want to see the Nets win. I want to see the Nets avoid the play-in tournament because if they do that, they've already done something that Katie and Kyrie didn't do last year. And if they win one game in this playoffs, they are already better than the 7-11 era from last season, the way that they went out. I'll let you guys go and give your initial thoughts. Well, you know, it it is funny when you think about everything that's transpired, right? The, The amount of content that we've gone through, the amount of changes that the team has gone through in just a year, it is pretty remarkable. Um, as far as where the team is at right now and the, the state of it, actually, Hudson, my, my kids are all leaving the house for my son's basketball practice, so why don't you take it while they exit and then I'll, I'll finish my thought. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, I think, first off, Keith making all those comments about how, how frankly, how low the, the bar is for this Nets team to, to be considered successful compared to the last the last couple years. I mean, when you think about it, we had one run, one run, and, and Katie's, you know, extra size up shoe made it so that didn't go. But other than that, it's, it's first-round exits. It's the bubble season. It's nothing really impressive. And this team, after getting blown up in the middle of the season, all of the, the stands and the, the fake fans jumping ship, have proven not only to the fans, not only to the organization, but also I would have to imagine a little bit to themselves that they are a real competitive contending basketball team. And that is not just something for them to be proud of. It's something for the fans to be proud of. And despite, like he said, there's a lot of people who are only looking ahead to the future and a lot of people on Twitter that still are, are, are lost in what could have been with the 7-Eleven era. The reality is, this Nets team going forward is young, they're fun, they're in a great position to win, and not only is that winning something that's going to happen in the future, not only is it projected winning, but it's also winning that we are doing in real time. I know the uh, the Nuggets are on a skid right now, but we beat the number one team in the West. The T-Wolves are a team that is fighting, fighting to get off of that bubble in the Western Conference, and we beat them, and we had a good showing with basically exclusively our bucks or our bench players against the bucks this is a team that has gotten blown up and has won despite it all and i know i don't want to you know raise a championship flag put a banner up in the barclays center for seven and seven since the kd trade but based on the reactions based on what everyone said was the most colossal failure in nba history it is Almost shocking, and you have to give credit to Jock Vaughn, Sean Marks, the whole organization, that the Nets have been able to get themselves to this point where not only are they succeeding on the court, but they have won back a lot of the fans that they may have lost from blowing up the the previous era. What the hell? I'm going to go all in. As of now, the Nets won the trade. They won the trade. You know, things can change. It could be a win-win. If the Suns win a championship with KD, obviously that's a win for them, right? That's a win for them. But I don't see this being a loss. For the Nets. And I'm sick and tired of the people who keep crying about Katie and Kyrie. Stop. 
Stop crying about Aiden and Kyrie. You have a good thing going. I mean, when, when you talk about the offseason, the reason the offseason is relevant is because the Nets have the assets to make a move and maybe bring, you know, another, another star player in this offseason if that's how they choose to do things and be right back to contender status. But in the meantime, you, you got a team that, that's fun to watch, fun to root for. They've been the best defense in the league for this six-game stretch. Um, they, they've got a, a budding superstar, perhaps, in Mikhail Bridges. And I've tried to explain this to my um, friends, some of my friends on a, a text thread, my, my SI coworkers, who keep giving me crap about this. And I'm like, you don't understand. You know, I enjoy rooting for and watching this team more than I ever did the KD Kyrie era team. Like, I, I know there was supposed to be a championship contender, and maybe that they, you know, would have won the year. Harden got hurt, and Kyrie got hurt, and KD's foot was there. Maybe, you know, that should have been their year. But other than that, they were never actually sniffing title contention. And instead, it was a constant soap opera and a constant anxiety attack. You always had to, to deal with that. Like, what's the other shoe? The, speaking of KD's shoe being short, when is Kyrie going to put up a post that it's impossible to decipher? And once you actually decipher, you realize, you know, it, it has a terrible meaning or something. Wh- whatever the, the point may be, KD getting hurt. You know, KD has averaged 44 games a season over the last three seasons while missing the first season he was here. So I, I'm, I'm not crying about that anymore. And so I try to explain that to him. And, and here's a... um. Uh, maybe a way I can hammer this home, and this is because they went to the game with me. Uh, the first uh, the first game that Bridges and, and those guys played, uh, Johnson and Bridges at least, Ben Whitty had played the game before, but it was at Barclays. It was that Sixers game. My kids went with, with me. We sat with the, the brigade on the block, right? And so they're in an area where people are cheering louder than, than other places, but you get caught up in the vibe. Like I, I've now seen my youngest son chanting like defense, and let's go Nets, and he's not even two. But the, the old, older two, Raj and Ronnie, they stayed up and watched the entire overtime on Friday night. Raj asked, when's the next game? He watched that Nuggets game with me yesterday. We jump and we hug and celebrate when that shot to go with 1.9 seconds left. They weren't doing that before. I don't know if it has – I don't know if it's because it's like a, a new thing and a jumping off point and I've been like selling it to them. I don't know if it was that experience, but something about it just feels good. And and I am I am thrilled. I'm thrilled with the state of the team, the direction of the team, and, and even where the team is currently. And, and I'm sick and tired of people crying about what was when what was wasn't anything. It, it feels better. It fits better. It feels like this is more of the team Brooklyn should have, right? When you're watching Katie and Kyrie, it came with a lot of drama, a lot of pressure, and not enough results. To be honest with you, it was just like all of this national attention of this super team and all this other stuff around Katie and Kyrie. But where were the results on the floor? We didn't really do anything. Regular season wins in December. Like, what does it matter? Like, at the end of the day, they they were all flash and little substance, right? Injuries and he- negative headlines and BS. This team fits more and you can get behind them more because it's a cast of guys that are good, that are talented, but not one or two guys that are going to dominate the ball, dominate all the people watching and all the conversation. Like Royce O'Neal can rise. Like, uh, Doe, Dorian Finney-Smith can rise. What a pleasant surprise to watch some of these guys just come out of nowhere and hit shots and, and make rebounds and have a big game. It is a team. They're getting stops together. And I just feel like, you know, when you tell a story about your kids, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a different group because when you're watching Katie and Kyrie, you almost know how it's supposed to end. One of those guys is going to have the ball. One of those guys is supposed to take the shot. With this team, you're on your on the edge of your seat. Like, what's going to happen next? Will they get this stop? Who's going to hit the three? And they have to buy into the togetherness. They have to buy into the team mentality. And for all of us that have played sports and you know watched sports growing up, that's what we're we're taught. And your kids are playing organized sports. There are no stars. They have to buy into the fact that like to win, we have to win together. And I think we're getting that vibe from Brooklyn. Keith, now. and when we lose, we lose together. I think that's kind of an underrated point with this whole Nets team. The way the post-game press conferences would go and not naming names, but certain players would just collapse with these losses and it would be finger pointing and it would be blaming and it would be, you know, people are ignoring the work I do behind the scenes. So why do you care about the, the fact that when we lose, we can say, Oh, well we lost because we missed this shot, but we'll get, get up and get ready for the next one. And when we lose, we're not losing because of, Injuries, we're not losing because players don't want to play because of a vaccine, because of anti-Semitic posts, because of none of that. So, like, it's not even just the fact that we're winning. Even when the the going was tough at the er, in the early era of when this new team got put together, even those wins I could or those losses I could feel proud of, just because we had a team that was losing for basketball-related reasons. The bar is the floor when it comes to the emotional connection we have to the Nets. And the fact that we have a team that is playing together now, I think, is is huge in wins and in losses. Well, they're likable guys, right? I mean, they're likable guys who most of them have been around the league. And, and then, like I said, it's a good mix of, of certain things where you have Mikhail Bridges, who I don't think anybody saw this. Like, we all hoped he was going to be good. You hear, oh, four first-round picks. I don't think anybody saw what this has been and the ascension that Bridges is on. He's averaging 26 games. Since he came to the Nets, 50, 40, 90 shooting while playing elite defense. And you could see him expanding his game like those off-the-dribble threes that he's taking more regularly. You know, so I, I, I don't know what his ceiling is yet. It's exciting to see him keep pushing that higher where you're like, oh, are we watching someone become a superstar in front of our eyes? Then you got a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie who sort of became a guy in Brooklyn, went around, bounced around, didn't really find that that home in his back. And, and I know some fans are complaining about him at times and and, and he does pound the, the ball a little bit but he's also playmaking for this team down the stretch of games and six and, to one assist to turnover ratio over his last four games exactly he's hit clutch shots and he's setting up teammates for clutch shots friday night he's the one who kicked it out to bridges who hit the three i believe he kicked it out to to finney smith in the corner as well and yesterday's game he was picking on Jokic.